Well, everyone, welcome back to Ad Hominem, the podcast of illogical debate. I'm your host, Joel Holland, and oh, Austin's not here. That's cool. <laughs> it's okay. We've got two guests with us, so they can make up for Austin. We are the new Austin. Some say that I am equivalent to two Austins, so there is that. And I'm negative one Austin, so together we are one Austin. <laughs> but Perfect. actually, but actually, I'm Vanessa. Uh, <laughs> oh, hi Vanessa, and I'm Joe. Hi Joe. Hi Joe. Oh hi. This is Debaters Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Should I have said my last name? No, just your first. Okay. No. Secret. No, okay. you don't even have to use your real name. You can use an alias. I'm Charlotte. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> so let's uh, go ahead and get the uh, opening bits out of the way here. Uh, Joe, what are your credentials? Why are you qualified to be on a podcast about illogical debate? That is a uh, wonderful question, and I would like to answer that question with a question of my own. Okay. Why am I not qualified? And the answer to that question is, no one knows. What? Okay. Okay. Those are my credentials. My name is Joe, and I have words, and I can use them. And that's why I'm a good debater. Understandable. Show, don't tell. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Vanessa? What are your credentials? Well, Joel, some say I am illogical myself all the time, every day. Um, I also have my own podcast that I do with my friend over here, Joe, called Spoiler's Digest, and we uh, pro- oh, we podcast yes. weekly. Mm-hmm. So not only do we argue on that show, but we also um, don't make any sense quite frequently. So I feel like we might fit in pretty well in this ad hominem world. Okay, that makes perfect sense. And Was that our opening debate? Was- <laughs> I think no, Vanessa no, no, won no, no, that no. one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, it, that's not a competition, but if it was, yes, Vanessa won. It's always a competition, Joel. It, uh, <laughs> no, we're I'll not into the competition out. yet. Don't don't leave yet, Joe. We're not. We haven't even started, really. Joe, come back. S- slam. That was the door. <laughs> Joel, oh, wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> and then another thing that we've been doing recently is doing questions that are okay for comedy but not for a job interview unfortunately with the last guest i had a lot more time to prep a question than i did this week so his was a lot funnier if you heard that episode but was it the bionicle one yes okay yeah it was good okay i listened to, <laughs> listen to jake goes get jake jake yeah. smith one yeah that that was the one that was uh, it, Joe. You did hear it. Was it the same one? <laughs> oh, then, yes, I got that Anyway. One. It was the last episode that had a guest. Anyway, so yours mm-hmm. isn't going to be quite as exciting, but I do need to know, which is more important to you? Your son's baseball game or the shareholders meeting? I'm going to say shareholders meeting. I'm also going to say shareholders meeting because fuck my son. <laughs> but no, don't, don't fuck him, <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> also... Also, Joe's like my co-host, my my kindred spirit, and I, I support him no matter what he. And chooses. I hold shares, and I share holds, and I need to help him hold his shares. Okay, so that's, me- <laughs> that's that's what we're meeting about. Yeah, are we hired? Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> oh my god, I really need the money. <laughs> I mean, there's not really a job, but if there was, you probably got it. 
don't toy with my heart like this, Joel. Yeah, Joel, that's real cool. <laughs> I mean, yes, okay, you got the job. The first thing you're supposed to do now is sue HR. Congratulations, you're in. Nice. It's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> I've never sued anyone, but I think that you just say you're sued, right? You know, Joel, I really love that um, premise for your open. And I actually used to do that when I was in high school to, um, I was in a freshman seminar class where the group leader, every semester, like every semester, you got a new group leader and you had to choose your own team. And so, and I hated school and teachers (laughs) and authority. So I would always be like, okay, so um, like we'd have to interview our, our potential candidates for our team. And I would say... Okay, so your team leader and your parents are on the top of a volcano and you have to push one party in. Who are you going to choose? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the ones that chose me were naturally uh, on my team. So I had a very strong, strong selection from the uh, freshman <laughs> seminar <laughs> pool of candidates. I took my freshman seminar over the web, so I didn't have any cool things like that. Oh, damn it. (laughs) Moral of the story for you teens out there listening. Take freshman seminar face-to-face. You get to learn who will push you off a volcano. Yeah, and you get to fuck with Mrs. Zelich. And you also get to learn what seminar is. (laughs) Yeah, that's also... I don't know. Yeah, I still don't know. (laughs) That's also important, and the knowledge will be used that one class in your entire college career. Let's uh, do our debates then. I guess, uh, Let before we get going, what is a logical fallacy? I'm going to be honest with you, Joel. Um, I didn't know until I listened to your podcast. I hope that makes me a bit more relatable and uh, uh, as, a, as a character, as a podcaster. Um, That's why we're here. I'm just going to be honest. I didn't know. Yeah, uh-huh. But do I have to explain it? Because I know now after listening, but I don't know that I, 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 mean, I don't have just... a definition at hand. Just, like, wing it. Okay, that's what I do best. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, oh, I'm doing great. So okay. it's, like, it's like whenever um, you, like, see something foul, right? No, 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 no. It's, Fallacy. um... No, start with logic. Start with Is logic. Is it icy at the end? I'm trying. I'm just trying no, no, to use no, phonics with, to, like, with, put it together. I know, you're, you're starting with the second word, and oh, I think okay. that's going to confuse you. So I want you to start with the first word, Joe. Fallacy. No, the, <laughs> the first word. Law. Oh, oh Log- yes. logical. Logic. Logical. What does that mean? Logical is well. Break it down. Log. No, Log. No, no. Log. <laughs> no, 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 no. So a little. You need to go two letters further. Log- Logi. Logic. Ah, logic is you know stuff. It's like and thinking. Things. It's ah, thinking. thinking. Yes. And rash and reason. Mm-hmm. 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 And and phallus. Think about falling. Do you want to fall? Depends. If, it, if there's a pool under <laughs> me, yes. <laughs> there's no pool. It's fire and spikes. Then no. No. Okay, so it's bad. But it's icy. So underneath. bad. Thi- so it's bad. Fall thi- icy. It's bad thinking. It's when you. It's when you can't make sense. When you don't make sense. When you're <laughs> arguing. <laughs> like when you're trying to think through um, a, a turn a phrase and you're going to the wrong letters. That is that a logical fallacy? No. It's when, okay, Joel, it's when you're arguing something and you're not making any sense and you're doing a bad job and then you are arguing in circles. And that's the point of your game. Am I wrong? Sort of, I'm yeah. Sorry that, for my that's, friend. that's that's pretty good. Thank I you. think we got it in one. I think we're good to go. Oh, we're such a good team. <laughs> yeah, working together, you got there. So, what we're doing here 
is I've come up with a party game where we intentionally use those to debate things. Could I get you guys actually to give me a little description of your show? Of course. So it's called Spoilers Digest, and uh, Vanessa and I predict the plots of movies that we haven't seen. And sometimes we'll use, like, things that we might know about the movie. Um, From popular culture. Yeah, just, like, things that are in the in the public eye, like trailers that we've seen in our past. Or references that we know are from a movie, but not exactly sure where it's from. So we build all of that into our prediction. We look into our crystal ball and try to figure out what the dang movie is going to be about. And then we watch it, and then we see how we did. So that's kind of our whole deal every Wednesday. Okay, cool. I mean, we are on Wednesday too. We're competing. No, we're not. Oh. No. We're We're coexisting. (laughs) We're like holding hands, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's how your show works. And I've been listening to a lot of that recently, and I was inspired. So I took your show's basic premise, and then I looked at the movies that are coming out this year and a few TV shows... And I did what you guys did. I tried to come up with, like, some idea of how the movie's plots are going to work. What I want you guys to do in these debates is rate how I did. I got numbers in my head. They're all floating around. I'll just grab one. We'll listen to them first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, yes. Wait, so so you're going to tell us your prediction of the movie and then we have to... We're both on different sides of how well you did? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And how this show works is you won't know what movie or prediction I'm talking about until after I have told you which side you're arguing. Let's uh, go ahead and get into that. So you guys have uh, seen the new Christopher Robin movie trailer, right? I have. Yes. Cool. So here's my prediction on how that movie will go based on that trailer I showed you. An adult Christopher Robin's family becomes increasingly concerned with his deteriorating mental state as he once again begins talking to his stuffed bear he had when he was 10. Right. Yes. Okay. Maybe. We'll see. Okay. And Joe, you think that's right, don't you? Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. So... Uh, I mean, you're going to have to convince Vanessa, not me. I mean, I'm already convinced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. I'm doubtful. Okay, Vanessa. Well, Christopher Robin is an old man in this trailer. And Pooh Bear is no longer, uh, is not uh, also old. Pooh Bear is young, still young, like Pooh Bear always was. So in Christopher Robin's mind, Pooh Bear is still the same creature. And so... Because Pooh Bear died many years ago, it is now uh, up to Christopher Robin's imagination to create this being in his head. And he is slowly going insane because he lost his job. And just like every other Disney movie, it will end with a happy, happy ending. I think that everything that you have said is entirely baseless and preposterous. And this prediction is outrageous. If you look at the facts, the cold hard facts in the trailer, Christopher Robin is not an old man. He is in no condition to have his mental state being deteriorating. Only old people can have deteriorating mental states. Jude Law, as Christopher Robin, is not nearly of an appropriate age to have even the slightest bit of dementia. 
So what you are saying is entirely baseless. Now, what you don't know is that Jude Law doesn't make any appearance in this trailer. So now I have to question your own mental stability and your argument towards this uh, this statement, your statement towards this argument. I also would like to bring into uh, play that this is made from the company who made Disney's Beauty and the Beast, as the trailer does say. And in Beauty and the Beast, there are big furry creatures, like the Beast. So this trend that is happening in these Disney movies, just like Jungle Book, and just like Lion King, which will be coming out later next year, there are these lovable furry creatures. And because of that, that is why this movie has to have Pooh Bear in it. But I do believe that he doesn't exist in real life to anyone else. Joe, had you paid attention to the trailer, watched the trailer, you would see that this Winnie the Pooh is depicted not as a furry creature, but as a knit stuffed toy. So to claim that he must be um, included in the movie because he is a furry creature and therefore only existing in Christopher Robin's Ryan doesn't make any sense at all. And in fact, I must say that this doesn't, this claim cannot make <laughs> any sense because if he were only existing in Jude Law's mind, then his family would be worried about him as Joel had predicted. But if you looked at the trailer and you saw the picture of his family, you would see that they were happy and loving and smiling. And everybody knows that worried people do not smile ever. So, and also, regardless of whether it is Jude Law, Ian McGregor, same difference. My view of the Disney company is that it is all for profit. 100% for profit. So to rebuke your, uh, it has to be knit, so that's a real living creature. Um, it has to be knit so that they can sell it in stores. Because... The company, as a whole, likes to make money. And so they want to make toys and stuffed animals from these, these creations that they put on the TV screen. And so they must make something on the TV screen that will be sellable in the real life. And, uh, and yeah, Christopher Robin doesn't look of sound mind. Well, all I have to say to Joe, to Joel, to the people at large... The proof is in the pudding. You watch this trailer, you see a man of sound mind, of capable ca capability, unparalleled. Uh, you see a happy family, and you see a man reconnecting with his past in real life. This prediction is inaccurate. Well, not bad for your first debate, guys. <laughs> um... thanks, thanks for uh, not telling us the truth on that one. <laughs> well... I mean, I wish that the trailer would have just gone on for a few seconds longer so that we could have seen Winnie P the Pooh telling Christopher Robin to start killing people. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, the, that's the stuff that you have to infer and you have to come back to, you know? You have to just... Uh... They gotta save that stuff for the movie so people will buy the tickets, you yeah. know? Yeah, obviously. I'm just saying, that seems to me like the the most logical conclusion of what happens next after what I saw on that trailer. You're not wrong. Uh, Joe, you went first. Do you want to tell us what your fallacy was? Yeah, my fallacy was division fallacy. Uh, declare that because something is true of a whole or a trend, it must also be true of the individual components. So okay. I did that with, say... Furries. Say, furry things. Furry things. And I said also that because Disney wants to uh, sell things, they also have to make their individual movies a profitable uh, marketing venture. What about you, Vanessa? What was your fallacy? 
no true Scotsman. So declare that something that belongs to a group but doesn't fit the group stereotype doesn't belong to the group. I caught on the happy families don't worry about things or something like that. Yeah, or worried families aren't happy. <laughs> and therefore, his family couldn't possibly be worried about his deteriorating mental state. That was kind of where I was going. Also that young people couldn't have dementia, which is not true. <laughs> so, you know. I mean, one of you was saying he was old. The other was saying he was young. Yeah. <laughs> Does, does anyone actually know how old Ewan McGregor is? You mean Jude Law? <laughs> I think he's like 50s. <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe? I don't know. He's... Well, they say 50s the new 30, so he's still young. Yeah, so he's, he's 30. He's young in face. Um, okay, so who, so who won in that category? Yeah, there's like three categories. If this is your first time listening in, we have best use of fallacy best opening argument and best response to criticism based on what you guys told me about your fallacies and the fact that you both use them i'd say you're both qualified to win okay let's see who used it better though but who used it better joel that's what the people want to know but who Who used used it better better? and why was it Uh, joe is what the people want to know yeah i feel joel i I don't know if you're ready for like how competitive i think we're gonna be (laughs) (laughs) like i just want to kick joe's ass i don't know the winner of that one, I'm going to give to Vanessa. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Thanks. So as for why it was Joe who won that one, the answer is he didn't. No. <laughs> now, best opening argument. Joe, I'm sorry your opening argument was a mess. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Vanessa, you won opening arguments and therefore the round. Thank you. I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. But there is still a third category. Do we get... Do we? Oh, yeah. Best there? responses to criticism. Yeah, we'll go there. Okay. Um, you know, actually, I think... No, this one definitely has to go to Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Three for three. Well, Stuck I'm going to respond yeah. to this criticism with a better second debate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I was considering it, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I kind of just went with quantity over quality for, for that decision. To be honest, I could think of more instances where Vanessa actually said something about something you said. Okay. I mean, I thought my whole ending argument was a fully <laughs> about Vanessa's <laughs> last argument. But, but Joe, I can, Joe, see, don't be I can see Joel it's, has we got, favorites. We got more rounds, Joe. It's I okay. see Joel has favorites <laughs> because I share three of the same letters in his name and he wants to knock me out. Yeah. And I understand that. That happens. Oh, yeah, you do. All right. So our second debate is going to be over Incredibles 2. And I think the plot will basically be Mr. Mom, but with superpowers based on the trailer, the first full length trailer we were given. Okay. All right. So, I guess, are you guys familiar with Mr. Mom? Oh, I am. No, I've never 100% heard of it. 100% I am. But I can probably <laughs> okay. guess what it's about. That is what I do. I, I mean, it's basically I, I mean, it's basically just an old comedy about You should do it on your show sometime. Is it a movie? <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's a very good movie. I, yeah, okay. it sounds pretty self-explanatory. I, mean, I thought it was a movie. I don't know, but <laughs> I mean, it's basically just the dad watching the kids, but yeah. Oh, well, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> That's the premise. <laughs> it's pretty antiquated, but okay. If the premise spoils the whole movie for you, it's a bad premise. <laughs> anyway, you guys ready to go? Yes. Yeah. No, but yeah. So, Joel, 
I'm not familiar with Mr. Mom, and I'm hardly familiar with The Incredibles, but from this trailer, I can deduce this trailer is confirming your prediction that Mr. Incredible will be taking care of the children while Mrs. Incredible is at work. Because you see that... <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to argue it. Um, <clears throat> we see multiple instances of him with the children, helping the children do their homework, managing adolescent um, outrage and, and interpersonal drama. And we see multiple frames of Mrs. Incredible flying through the sky, riding a motorcycle, saving old women. And this confirms Joel's hypothesis that the movie is Mr. Mom with superpowers. Vanessa, you and Joel could, couldn't be any wronger. Um, I have actually seen the movie Mr. Mom. And while it does take place uh, in a world where the mother goes off and the husband stays home and watches the kids, I would argue that when I was growing up, I've seen both Incredibles, and they're all a bunch of superheroes. And I know that I've never paid one superhero any money to be a superhero. So my argument is that superheroing is not a job. It's a responsibility. So while you're comparing that she's going off to work, she's really going off to save the world, which is not work, it's a responsibility. Joe, are you claiming that in 2018, you think that not only is being a superhero not a job, but also that being a mom is not a job? Um, I think that it's also confirmed for us in the film that Mrs. Incredible is recruited to be the new face of superheroes as a species. It is referred to by multiple people in the trailer that it is Mrs. Incredible's new job. And also motherhood is a job just as much as being a superhero is. And so you cannot claim that both of these things are not equally important. You didn't have the same upbringing as I did. And that's understandable. Uh, when I was young, I'm a very old man now, but when I was young, I would stay home with my mom or my dad. Or sometimes, you know what? I'll just stay home with my siblings because both my parents had jobs to do. And so I would sit around and I would eat cookies. And I think that's the only thing that is right about this argument is that the baby eats cookies. But that's just truth in the trailer. Okay? Because I like cookies too and I was once a baby. What I'm going to argue is being a mom is a job, but also being a dad is a job. So if you want to dissect those and say that one is one thing and one is not the thing, I think that is false. And I think your argument is false. <laughs> Well, uh, Joel, I think we've heard a lot from both sides of this argument today. And I'm going to be completely honest that I didn't understand the damn thing that Joe <laughs> just said. So I literally cannot r rebuttal that because it doesn't make any sense to my brain. So with that, I will conclude by restating what I said in the beginning that uh, we see the proof in the trailer, just as we did with Winnie the Pooh, open your eyes, Joe, and let the truth in. This movie is Mr. Mom with Superpowers. In my statement, my closing arguments, I would like to prove without, uh, beyond a reasonable doubt that this movie is not Mr. Mom Part 2, but with superpowers. And how I would do that is, let me just tell you a quick story about a time when I watched a movie 
called Mr. Mom. I once watched a movie called Mr. Mom. It's a very good movie. And I watched it from beginning to end. And there were definitely like different things that happened in that movie. And then I really enjoyed it afterwards. And that is the reason why Incredibles 2 is not going to be anything like Mr. Mom. That's all? <laughs> That's it. Joel, I love your disapproval whenever I end a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't disapproval. It's I sometimes... Think like my connection goes bad, and I'm just not sure if you actually stop talking or not. <laughs> I let's be honest, I rarely do stop talking. <laughs> but you actually did stop talking this time, right? I did, yes. Well, now he's talking. N- this is now. That's then. <laughs> Good job again, guys. You you did another debate. We did our best. Yeah, it was a debate. Vanessa, you went first, right? Uh huh. What was your fallacy? I had composition fallacy. Declaring that if something is true of individual people or objects from a group, it must be true of the whole group. Now, you may notice that I did not use it at all. So uh, <laughs> it might have been hard to tell that that was my fallacy. But yes, that, that was what I was given. If I determined that to be true, then you just confessed to losing the debate. No, well, I did. Uh, mm, it's all on your shoulders, Joel. <laughs> Yeah, that's for you to determine, I guess, but... Okay, Joe, what was your fallacy? My fallacy, I don't know if you could tell, was anecdote. <laughs> use... I could tell. Use personal experiences or isolated examples as evidence instead of supplying research to support your claim. Yeah, I could tell you did that. <laughs> How many times did I say when I was a boy? <laughs> like once per turn? Yeah, exactly. Gotta start it off right. Well, Joel, we're uh, welling you. What, so what do you say? I'm trying... I'm trying to think if there was any moment that Vanessa used her fallacy even by accident. And it would have been by accident. Let's be real. <laughs> I tried. There was no thought process on it. I tried. I did. But I... Let's see. Composition fallacy. I feel like the fact that you even have to think about it and know immediately that Joe used his means that he gets that I one. definitely used You can have that one. <laughs> no, no. I'm trying to think... That I'm trying to think if you're talking about uh, how this was, in fact, a job could have technically constituted a composition fallacy. Um, I don't, you know, I've looked, I looked it up real quick here. I'm looking at it and I don't think that's, I don't think that's actually how that works. Hey, so. no, no, no. I think, <laughs> I think he has a point, Joe. I think you might have a real point there. Uh, well, it says right here, okay. Vanessa so, didn't. So. But, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's got a let real me, good, real good angle there. I don't know. Let me, let me, let me uh, see if I can sort of paraphrase your argument. It was, you were talking about like others were referring to it as a job. Therefore it was a job. I honestly don't know. No, I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> uh, sorry. I, I I was seriously, seriously trying to think, does that? But no, I don't think it does. I'm sorry. It's okay. So, Joe, you win this one. Good job, Joe. Hey, thanks. Our next debate is going to be over the third season of Daredevil, which I'm actually still not sure when that came out, when that's coming out. It might even be next year, to be honest. I wasn't paying much attention when I that's saw okay, the date. That's okay, Joe. I don't pay attention to anything about Daredevil, so... We're, we're all good. That's fair. Matt Murdock is going to die in the beginning of Daredevil Season 3, or they're going to find his dead body because a building collapsed on top of him the last time he was in a Netflix series. 
So that that's the guy who plays who is the Daredevil is Matt Murdock. So he's going to die, but season one's villain Wilson Fisk is going to get out of jail, learn this, and be like, "Nope, I gotta have this guy back in my life." So he becomes him himself. Right. My resource for this is the fact that in Netflix is The Defenders, Matt Murdock dropped a building on himself, and also the fact that w- Wilson Fisk got more screen time than the Daredevil in Daredevil Season 1. Right. Correct. Okay. Okay. You following me so far? As best I can. I'm there. I'm in the, I'm in the, okay. in the zone. How likely do you guys think my predictions are? I think it's highly likely that um, your prediction is correct. And so, Vanessa, I'm guessing you have your reservations. Hell no. I mean, yes. I mean, no, I I don't think you're right. (laughs) Uh, Joe, prove me right. I I will start off my arguments that Marvel, who owns this whole series and owns all of the rights to all the superheroes, except for a few, we won't go there, but they like to mix it up, especially recently. Um, So if you saw... Um, uh, the newest movie that came out, uh, The Infinity Wars. War? Just one of them. It's just one war of the Infinity. They, the the movie actually focuses a lot around the main villain, Thanos. And so I think they're going to use this because Fisk is the main villain to the Defenders and Matt Murdock. I think they're going to use this as a way to focus on William Fisk. And they are going to blow your mind and do new things with old superheroes. As a culture, we detest villains. They are the antithesis of what we stand for as a people. They are selfish and manipulative, violent, and generally detestable. I feel that it is absurd to believe that Netflix would put a villain that we have grown to hate over the past two seasons of Daredevil and put him into the title role. Now, if you think that they're capable of manipulating its viewership in such a way to get to gain the favor of a villain, well, I just think that's preposterous. Villains in the year 2018 have a new role. Because the internet has connected the world, there hasn't been a time where you can look at someone and say he is definitively evil. Villains no longer, it's not black and white anymore, Vanessa. It's very gray. And we want to think in black and white, and the movies want to show us black and white. But like I said about the recent changes in Marvel, they like to show how things are new, how things are different, how villains can have their own point of view that are wrong, but because they think them so strongly, they are right. Vincent D'Onofrio has lost some weight, and he could definitely fit into that Daredevil suit. Joe, think about the villains that you know in our modern world. Adolf Hitler. Osama bin Laden. Werewolves. Are you telling me that these people are good? Are you telling me that we as a culture are willing to accept Adolf Hitler and vampires and and large apex predators as acceptable protagonists for a major Netflix superhero series? Do you want Osama Bin Laden to play Daredevil? In this new society that we have built for ourselves, we have decided that sometimes 
what we thought is a villain like a vampire is not always the villain. If you've seen the movie What We Do in the Shadows, it is a movie about vampires and how they just live their lives and sometimes they do some bad things like suck blood but for the most part they're just regular human beings and in this villainous world that we live in all people are villains there's everyone has a side that's bad and vincent d'onofrio as william fisk is a villain but he has strengths like a hero this is where the soundtrack to the song I need a hero from the Footloose soundtrack. We'll start playing. No, it won't. Damn it. Now, Joe has just asserted that it is acceptable in 2018 for vampires to be killing people and that it's good and that we should idolize them. And <laughs> there is absolutely... Do you, do you want our children to idolize vampires? Do you want our children of 2018 to be sucking blood? Do you want villains being the people that we look up to in our Netflix series? I think not. This is when this is when the song okay. uh, uh, Country Road starts playing. <laughs> Why? It's wholesome. Why Country Roads? <laughs> Because it's wholesome and and we're done here. (laughs) James Taylor, a true American hero. John Denver. John Denver, James Taylor. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. (laughs) Jude Law. Interchangeable humans. Yeah. Some old white boys. All right, Joel, lay it on us. Well, first, I want to know your fallacy. Oh, Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. My fallacy was false cause, saying that a correlation, real or perceived, between two phenomena equals an association between them. Appeal to emotion. Try to get an emotional response from the audience instead of supporting an argument with evidence. And the whole crowd was crying, so I think that I successfully did that. Especially when (laughs) James Taylor started playing. Yeah. Think of the children is always a pretty good appeal to emotion, Mm -hmm. so... I mean, you should have seen this when I was doing my first playtesting. There was this guy who every time it was his turn, after he got the appeal to emotion once, every single argument, he worked in something about the starving Indians (laughs) and children. (laughs) But anyway, that's not this debate. That was that one. Your debate, Joe, I do believe you used your fallacy, but Vanessa used hers better. Yeah, because she just cried the whole time. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Also, she told us to think of the children. And And everybody thought of the children when I said that. Your false cause... Your false cause didn't make me think of the children. I I had to work in my mind to get your false cause out of your argument. But I immediately thought of the children. As you should. So, good job. Yeah, yeah. Everything is about defending the children these days, right? Yes. But, let's see. (laughs) Opening statements. Oh, this one's tough. Joe, I'm going to give opening statements to you. Hell yeah. Um, I don't really have a good logical reason for it. It's just a feeling. Because I had a good argument. That's the logical reasoning. Yeah, but I can't explain why I felt better about it. (laughs) I feel to your emotions. (laughs) Probably because he knew no, what the hell he no, was talking about about anything. Uh, 
Responses to criticism. Bringing up the children was a pretty good response to criticism. I don't know, though. Good job, Vanessa. You won this debate. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. Well, I was going to argue for Joe, but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> what were you going to say? Well, what were you going to say? Well, I didn't respond to anything about Marvel that Joe said, because I don't know anything about Marvel. So there was like a whole half of his argument that I did not respond to. But I don't even know if he said anything about mine. Oh, so. I, yeah, that's fair. But, I mean, you did respond to something. I must have, because I was talking. Said, so, I, I think you definitely won that Sweet. one. You're going to have to step it up, Joe. It was nice of you to try and help Joe out, but you, you got to do I mean, better. Fair fair. With, with your trying to help. Yeah, you got to do better with trying to help him out. And because of that, you lost this debate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not really, though. This is a bonus round. Okay, so next debate. It, oh, crap. This is... This episode's going out two days before the movie. Ooh. Ooh. Topical. We should we should name the name the episode that so everyone will listen to it. <laughs> Ad hominem cast twenty two. Does solo a Star Wars movie take place in an alternate timeline? <laughs> here are here are three we'll give you three examples, top ten. You'll love the third one. <laughs> okay, so my prediction is that the movie takes place in an alternate timeline where Chewie dies. My source First off, in the movie trailer, we see that Chewie is dangerously close to losing his head on a rock. And also, I saw a meme the other day where someone said that he died. Memes usually have more depth to that. Was there anything else there? Or was it just said, he dies? It said, I, lo- I love these spoilers. And it had a bunch of pictures of race car spoilers. And also the words, Chewie dies. <laughs> I get it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I also just want to put throw it out there that I've never seen a single Star Wars movie. And I think this trailer might be the most Star Wars that I've ever seen. So uh, I just want everyone to know that that's what I'm working off of, and it's kind of my handicap, but also maybe a strength. Who knows? We'll find out. Let's see. You don't believe my thing, I don't do believe you? a damn word. So, Joe, that means you're going to argue first again. Yes. In the Star Wars universe, Star Wars is a science fiction, but you know what else is, you know what is science fact in real life? Multiverses. If anything, Star Wars is probably playing off of the idea that there are multiple universes. And because the person who created this meme, they are probably very good at their job. They've probably done memes for a long time, and they probably know their way around memes. They probably have uh, some kind of authoritative status as a memer. And the meme itself says, Chewie dies. So I believe everything that this memer is that, is that what they're called? Memesters? Meme Lord. Meme Lord. I believe everything that this meme, meme Lord has to say. Joe here claims that the multiverse theory is fact. When in reality, in this portion of said multiverse, it is still a theory. It has not been proven. And therefore, this is an unsound argument. And I will say, Chewbacca... Though he is from outer space, the moon, somewhere, he is still a living creature, and all living creatures must die. There is nothing that says that this has to be in some parallel universe, rather than the consistent Star Wars universe that we all know and love. So this prediction is false. In the trailer, Chewbacca says that he is 190 years old. Han Solo responds with, wow, you look good for your age. So we know that that age is very old for Chewbacca. 
Because Han Solo is knowledgeable about the life and times of Chewbacca's, also known as Wookiees, but I like calling them Chewbacca's, we know that 190 years old is very old and that he probably dies. But we also know that Han Solo takes place before the Star Wars movies and Chewbacca is in the Star Wars movies. So it has to be a parallel universe because Chewbacca does die and Chewbacca is in later movies. Every Chewbacca must live and every Chewbacca must die. This is the the circle of life. And there's because this Chewbacca exists in this timeline, who is to say that Chewbacca will not also perish in this timeline? There is no evidence that this is in an alternate timeline to prove otherwise. And that is my argument against yours that I did not understand because I've never seen Star Wars. Like a Millennium Falcon landing in Cloud City, I will bring this to a close and land this. I don't know where my metaphor is going there. But what I do believe is that Chewbacca, though he is a Chewbacca, that all Chewbaccas must live and all Chewbaccas must die like you have said. This Chewbacca must die, but the other Chewbacca must live. So because of that, we know that there are two different parallel universes. And we also know Han is his friend. I just want to start stating facts because I feel confident about it. Joe, as somebody who has never experienced the Star Wars universe, were I to see this movie, I would have no knowledge of any of the other films that you claim prove the the existence of parallel universes wherein another Chewbacca supposedly dies. So in my unified experience of the film, it is my reality that Chewbacca lives and dies only in this universe. Um, And there is no way for me to feel otherwise. So who is to say that my experience of the movie is untrue just because I haven't seen the other ones? Who is to say that this film cannot stand alone as its own experience? So even if that were the case, in this plane, on my timeline, it is only right and true and the course set by God that Chewbacca will die in the same plane as me as the rest of the Star Wars universe. (laughs) Joe's crying. (laughs) Vanessa, please don't die in any planes. (laughs) (laughs) I need you to stay alive. Especially not with Chewbacca, because I also love Chewbacca. Well, sounds like I can't help that, Joe. Don't don't record your podcast over the web while you're on a plane. I hear that messes with the flight equipment. Yeah, the flight attendants don't like it either. Which could cause the plane to crash. Plus, if the guy behind you is trying to sleep. And that's just rude. Yeah, don't don't podcast while your neighbor's trying to sleep. Good rule of thumb. Unless you've got like one of those like low uh, voices, like you know what I mean, like where you're talking sort of quiet for your whole podcast. Yeah, like yeah, I think those guys are weird who do podcasts like that. Like not the ASMR podcast. I'm talking about guys who just do those kinds of voices, but are talking about current events. I need to listen to them more. Joe, what was your fallacy? I think you could tell by your acknowledgement of my use of words uh it is appeal to authority so state that uh, because an authority figure believes something or that the law says so it must be true or right when did i acknowledge your words you seem to have a knowing laugh whenever i would kept on saying that there was authority figure maybe i was just maybe i just maybe i just believed it in myself joe's very intuitive i'm i i felt energy that i thought we had a connection (laughs) on joel but apparently we don't have that connection so I guess I'm wrong again. I mean, you did do it. And I do acknowledge it now in this moment that you did it. Uh, Vanessa, what was yours? 
Mine was appeal to nature. Declare that because something is natural, it is inherently good, truthful, or correct. Okay. So it's natural that all things die. All Chewbacca's die. I mean, he hasn't died yet. This would be a first. Wouldn't know. <laughs> That's true. You would have no actual <laughs> idea. Yeah. But I believe you. Uh, you have no reason to lie to me, I don't think. But, you know. I thought you said that he did die in another timeline. Didn't you say that in your argument, Joe? Yeah, because that's that's the argument that I had to make. Who did use their fallacy better this time, though? That is the question. I mean, Joe obviously had, Joe obviously had the knowledge of the franchise on his side, but who used their fallacy better? Oh, do you want us to appeal to you in this situation? Are you thinking to yourself? No, no, I'm thinking. Okay, I just want to make sure because I didn't know if I should be appealing my case. You know. No, I would really prefer it if you didn't. Joe has a Darth Vader tissue box also, I just want to say. I do. <laughs> Man, that, that. that's a really strong bias in favor of this. You must have that really wasn't, been I wasn't arguing, I was just kind of stating like some realities I'm dealing with right now. <laughs> yeah, but you also did state that it was natural for things to die, which is true. And it was also natural for me to only have the experience of this individual movie apart from the franchise. So... Well, that's not natural. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Joe, you used your fallacy better. Woo! I knew I did. Yeah, you both did a good job on the fallacy. That was a tough decision. But, Joe, you really it's... drove home your your point about your authority figure. Yeah, Joe's just It was all terribly wrong. But <laughs> uh, Who had the better opening argument? Did you say that thing in your opening argument, or was that your counterpoint? I can't remember now. My authority? Yeah. I used it in both the counterpoint and the opening argument. But you established your appeal to authority in your opening argument? Correct, yes, with uh, appealing to the memer, the meme lord. Oh, oh, that was a different one. Yeah, no, I didn't like that one as much. Vanessa, you get the better opening argument. Sweet. Now, best responses to criticism. You know, Vanessa, I feel like you flung quite a bit of criticism because that was maybe your only defense mechanism due to your lack of knowledge about these, this huge franchise. I'm very critical. But did you respond to any? Joe, I don't think you were very critical of Vanessa this time. I'm disappointed in you. All right, I'll, I'll be better. He's scared of me, so that's why. Yeah, I don't want to upset Vanessa, you know? <laughs> I can be pretty critical. I believe it. You have been at least one other time today so far. Joe, I think you had the better responses to criticism. Aw, yeah. Round round four goes to me. And this is when Joe and I fight. Now we go now we go to the arena. The Pokemon arena. There is no arena. Sorry. So are we playing Mayan rules or Aztec rules? Like does the winners get uh sacrificed or do the losers get sacrificed? The one where um the winners do. No, there's no human sacrificing on this show. Oh, wait, what? I was very misled. I thought that's why we didn't have an Austin did you th- this week. No. When when was it ever discussed that we did human... Oh, wait, wait. I think someone did make a joke about that once, actually. Or you've said it every episode, Jewel. I signed um, a contract. <laughs> a sacrificial contract. I didn't, I didn't write a sacrifice contract. Hmm. I wonder who that was from then. That- we found I it on the know, deep web. Really... <laughs> I signed in blood. It was weird. <laughs> it was really weird. Electronic blood. I Over the web? My fingerprints. Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't you? Who was that? I didn't. 
I, I, I'd keep an eye out. Maybe some t- when you're in away from the internet and not able to call out for help, you might be kidnapped for a Hunger Games. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. I have life alert. No, wait. Let me just let me just back up here. Okay. The, this show okay. is called Ab Hominem, right? Ab Hominem. A B. Ad. Ad. Ah, oh, it's shit. on the cards. Ah, shit. That's what the the title of it said. Ab Hominem. This is your contract. Well, I guess we're fucked then. Oh, damn it. Anyway. So, congratulations, Joe. Yeah, just keep your head on a swivel while you're in Wisconsin so that you don't get kidnapped for the Hunger Games. (laughs) So, guys, how's your experience been on the show so far? Intense, but rewarding. Yeah, I would would say uh, a little nerve-wracking at times, but uh, whenever I know what I'm talking about, I feel a little more confident about it. Well, have you guys been keeping track of, like, the number of debates we've been doing or anything like that? We did... Four. That's right. And you know what that means? What does that mean? Oh God. Oh God. What does that mean? We have to, One of us has to die, huh? Yep, it's time. Well, since we've done four debates, we're down to it. Like... We are down to our last debate. Like the song, get down on it. Get down on it. No, no, no. But remember, one of us is being sacrificed, no. you know? So, oh, yes. We're yeah, down so We're down to the last no, you're line. Not. Yeah. Oh. Okay. You're not being sacrificed. Oh, great. I didn't make that waiver okay so it's our last debate um, then although considering that you did apparently sign your so life okay. over to someone we'll i am out. hesitant to declare a winner in this last debate <laughs> maybe we just stay tied for the rest of life i can't live like that joe yeah maybe i just don't na- yeah maybe i just don't announce a winner or i vehemently remind everyone that the winner will actually be decided by the listeners and not by me. Oh. That could be true. And then whenever this company, they have to decide who to kill. Okay, then we put the onus on them to be responsible for our lives. And then they feel weird about it. And then they don't end up killing either one of us. I like this idea a lot. I like it too. Let's actually do that debate now. Hey, I'm Joe Conley. And I'm Vanessa Frank. We make a show called Spoilers Digest. Where we predict the plots of your favorite movies that we haven't seen. Then we watch the movies and digest it to see what we got right and what we got wrong. So come laugh with us every Wednesday and see how we do. Catch us at SpoilersDigest.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This debate is going to be over the movie Mary Poppins Returns. My prediction is that there will be a nonsensical romantic subplot between the Lamplighter and Mary Poppins. And my source, because I hadn't seen the trailer by the time I made this prediction, the fact that it's a Disney movie, and also the fact that the Lamplighter is being played by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is like the most irresistible music person ever made. So therefore, the fact that he would be in any movie and there not be a romantic subplot about him is absurd. Sounds good to me. I guess it's good that you think that because you're supposed to be arguing in favor of it. Mm-hmm. Do I have the floor? All right, Joe? Yes. Vanessa? I'm handing it over to you guys. Okay. If anyone has seen the original Mary Poppins movie starring Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke, you would know that the relationship between Mary Poppins and Bert the Chimney Sweep was quite mysterious and really untraditional for the era. Mary Poppins 
would come and go. She comes and changes children's lives. And Bert seems to sit on the sidelines. But every time she does come back into London, she does come back and see Bert and uh, get it on, presumably, in a really quite nonsensical way. So there's no reason why Mary Poppins Returns wouldn't follow up with that convention between Mary Poppins and the Lamplighter. Strong arguments, Vanessa. Uh, but you missed something. We're here in the new age of Disney. Disney has a new vision of what love truly means. And if you've ever actually seen the real, the true, first Mary Poppins movie, you know that there was never any real relationship between those two. And I also want to state that how many people do you know have been in love? Name me anyone. One, Hitler. He's been in love. Two, Stalin. He's been in love. Do you think love is something that we need to put in this movie? Love is a dangerous thing, and it does not belong in this movie. Joe, have you ever been in love? I want you to answer. Have you been in love? Have you loved your mother? Have you loved your nieces? Have you loved a dog? I think the answer is yes. And for you to argue against the inclusion of love in the sequel to Mary Poppins proves that your statement is unsound. We all want love to be in the Mary Poppins movie. I want desperately to watch Lin-Manuel Miranda and Emily Blunt fall in love. So I see no reason why that wouldn't be included. In the original Mary Poppins, we see that Mary Poppins lives a life that is direct and without love. She doesn't care for anyone. She cares that the children do what they need to do. She doesn't care about the children. She cares that they do what they're supposed to do. Nowhere in the canon of Mary Poppins is there ever been love. Love is a many splendid thing, someone once said. And I think one of those many things is evil and bad. Joe, you claim that love is an evil thing. You claim that a woman who has a harsh exterior cannot be broken down into tenderness. And Joe, I know that despite your harsh exterior... You, yourself, have participated in love in some fashion. <laughs> and for you to claim that you think that Mary Poppins could not be capable of loving a lamplighter is preposterous. So with that, I firmly believe that Mary Poppins and the lamplighter will have a nonsensical romantic relationship in Mary Poppins Returns coming summer 2019 or 2018. I don't know. There are two things that I know about Mary Poppins. One is that she is a strong-willed woman. And two, she doesn't need to be defined by her love of a man. She is a woman of her own accord. And she is a good woman and a strong woman. And a woman who knows how to treat children like the animals that they are. And that's why she'll never fall in love with Baby face, beautiful, gorgeous man, Lin-Manuel Miranda, despite the fact that that's going to be a really hard thing to do. Strong closing, guys. <laughs> did my best. Um, Boy, it helped to know a little bit about him. Yeah, you did good. Universe. Darn. I can't imagine what those other arguments would have been like. <laughs> well, I mean, you've done pretty well for yourself. Thanks. There's a lot of content I got to catch up on. Vanessa, you went first. What's your fallacy? Two quoque? I don't know. How do you say that? We've been pronouncing it too quoque and hoping okay. that's correct. So far, no one's okay, corrected great. us. Well, I'm not here to do that. And it was uh, declare criticism invalid because the opponent's actions don't wholly match that of their claim. Joe, you kind of walked into that one. 
I know you're using your fallacy to set up your argument, but you did walk into it. Yeah, I, I opened the door and... Go ahead and yeah, tell you us your fallacy. Um, mine was moral equivalency. No, just a moral equivalence. Uh, compare minor misdeeds to <laughs> major atrocities. Yeah, Hitler loved, so yeah. therefore love is bad. Uh, who did it better? Vanessa, I think we've already discussed why you did it better. Uh-huh. So let's move on to best opening argument. Vanessa, I think this might be a topic you're pretty passionate about. That came through. I think you had a better opening argument. Hell yeah. I mean, Mary Poppins is my girl, so, you know, I gotta defend for her right to love. I'm sorry, Joe, but I'm also giving Vanessa best responses to criticism. Whoa. You set her right up for it, and it was good. Yeah, I gave her... It made for good TV. I I didn't lob the ball over the plate. I kind of just put it on a tee and said, you have as many hits at it as you want. Feel free to hit it out of the park. Hit with my (laughs) knowledge of Mary Poppins. It was good, though. It was a good debate. I'm proud of you guys. Thank you. We really... uh, Vanessa won by a landslide, but I'm really proud of you guys. Okay, we don't need to bring up the landslide into things. Gee, Louie. Nice to us. We tried our best job. I had a landslide hit my house. I don't want to talk about landslides. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be insensitive. So does that mean... Does does that mean what I think it means? Mm Mm-hmm. You're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! It means that you have my approval on victory. We'll have to see if the rest of the internet agrees at a later date. But for now, I'm going to take the crown and I, I won't wear it, Joe, but I'll put it in my car. Just in case I need to grab it when the internet decides. Yeah, that's fair. I'll mail you a crown or something. Send it in an email. Okay, so you can 3D Sweet. print it. <laughs> 3D print a crown. Yeah, why not? It's 2018. We, get, we may as well, right? I, yeah. you know, I probably should do that. Like, all of our debate winners, I should, like, email them a model of a crown so that they can 3D print it and wear it. Can't wait to be the first. Princess of Ad Hominem. It's a title. Well, guys, I think that's going to do it for us. It's been real. It sure has. Glad to have you guys on. Hope you had a good time. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, it was a blast. Thank you. I I thought so, too. Now, a quick question. Do you guys have any like mixtapes or accounts or anything you want to drop here joe you have anything uh mixtapes uh mine's not going to be out for another year i'm still working on it it's taking a couple years to get that yeah the production's been real slow yeah it's really hard to get a mixtape off the ground man that's what the last guy said too yeah (laughs) but you can uh check out uh you can check me on twitter at joke on lee j-o-k-e-o-n-l-e-i-g-h uh, it's it's a pun on my name, if you didn't get it. Yeah, I'll just put a link on the <laughs> Like, that don't make sense, Joe, but okay. <laughs> that don't make sense. Yeah, and uh, and you can also catch me and V on uh, every Wednesday on Spoilers Digest. What about you, Vanessa? You got any mixtapes or accounts you want to drop here? Well, so this summer I'm moving to Wyoming and I'm going to be a nature guide there. So I'm starting a kind of experimental comedy uh, Instagram that you can follow. It's at Vanessa from outside because uh, I am Vanessa from outside. And uh, you can also follow my personal account, Vanessa Frank. That's just it. So uh, if you want to see okay. what I'm doing, that's okay. And what about like your Twitter or anything? You have one of those? Yeah, I do have a Twitter. It's at your lady V. 
Um, I'm pretty ridiculous, though, so, like, I don't know if, if y'all are ready for, like, my tweets, but... You're you... not. <laughs> I would suggest that you're not. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, seriously, guys, thank you for joining us, and thank you, everyone else, for listening. Yeah, thank you. We'll have Austin back next time. It will probably just be us, though I don't think that's going to be next week. There's a good chance it'll be the week after that. If you want to follow this show... Then you can just, like, go to your iTunes or your Google Play or your uh, podcast addict, whatever app you use to find your podcast, and hit the subscribe button. You know your sh um, show source better than I do, so you know where that uh, subscribe button is. If you don't have that kind of information on hand, you might try just, like, going to IllogicalDebate.com. You'll find links to all of our episodes there, and... It gets updated at the exact same time as iTunes and stuff. So there's that. You can also join us on Facebook at the group of Illogical Debate. And that's that's a fun place to hang out, talk about the game. Sometimes we post uh, extra polls there, aside from the episode polls, to talk about things like uh, uh, whether or not uh, Kim Possible is a good reason to remember 2002. It totally is. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. They said I was crazy for remembering no, it for that. No, you are crazy but... for remembering that. That was absolutely insane, but no, I oh. think you're correct. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know if that was validation or not, <laughs> but I'll take it. Was it was like underhanded validation. <laughs> that one was free, Joel. If you've got any ideas for, like, show topics or anything like that, you can email them to topics at illogicaldebate.com. And if you want to talk about the show just, like, anywhere... You can use the ad hominem cast hashtag on Twitter, because that's where hashtags are. And I already told you how to find us there, right? Incitement Games. That should be all of our news for this week, so I'm going to let you guys go. And always remember, debates aren't about proving your point, they're about asserting dominance over your opponent.